0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on?
1: Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. <laughs> Gambler's not your
0: problem.
1: You're just an idiot.
0: And we welcome you to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can get me on Twitter. At Undercover Greg, plenty of gambling picks there for you. I'm joined as always by my main man, Matt Siegel, better known as Showtime Cappers, at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. And my gosh, is there a lot to break down? October, if you're just going off the calendar months, I think October is the best calendar month on the sports calendar. And that gives us a lot of things to go through and unpack. The National Hockey League season started last night. Not going to talk any hockey. That's because the baseball playoffs are underway. And we are at another weekend of football. College football week six. The National Football League week five already got underway last night in Seattle. Matt, there's a lot to go through. I'm looking forward to doing it all with you.
1: Greg, what's up, man? 25% of the NFL season over. It's kind of crazy, right? You know, We wait all summer for week one. And all of a sudden, within the snap of a finger, you know we are four weeks in, and teams are already out of the playoffs, right? I mean, it's kind of wild, you know, and it stinks obviously to be a Bengals fan or a dolphins' fan, you know not much expectation coming in, but it's one of the only you know if if maybe the only sport where after four weeks you know you're you're completely done it's it's crazy. when was the last time you had an own four team make the playoffs i you know right. let me know, I don't know so. But, hey, it's still football, and I will watch two zero and 0-4 teams battle just as I watched two zero and 0-3 teams battle earlier this week on Monday. And I don't care because it's football. It's a gridiron, and I love watching grown men
0: hit each other. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because, sure enough, in week six, we have the Washington Redskins heading to South Beach. You like that
1: line, line, Greg? I see yes, you hear the little chuckle there. You like that one.
0: I did. Uh, but before we get to the pigskin, we have to talk about the diamond. As October, at least when I hear October, the first thing I think of is playoff baseball. We have four games on Friday, uh, with game ones in the American League with the Tampa Bay Rays heading to H Town to take on the Astros. And Craig, the Minnesota- my
1: iPhone, Greg, my iPhone's been doing that annoying thing I was telling you about still, where, you know, I type in October and it just autocorrects it to the playoff baseball. It's been <laughs> annoying.
0: So the other game one in the American League is the Minnesota Twins traveling east to take on the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees and then a pair of game twos in the National League with the St. Louis Cardinals in Atlanta against the Braves and the Washington Nationals out yeah. west against the Was- I'm sorry against the LA Dodgers. We will next be on on Tuesday, so it's difficult to really go game by game and give out our picks because when we're next on with another Blue Wire uh, full slate gambling podcast. We may already have some teams in the league championship series. So, uh, not really going to give out picks here, but just kind of give me an eye on some things to look for, some spots, things of that nature. Matt, uh, of course, like, Greg, you know, just to remind everyone, that's
1: obviously what the Twitters are for. You know, you, you can get me at Showtime Cappers on Twitter and, you know, you can get Greg at, uh, Undercover, uh, with Greg Frank, um, on Twitter. Um, and then that's to Add undercover Greg. Sorry, my sorry. Add undercover Greg. Um and that's where we're gonna be giving our actual official picks on the game, you know, closer to game time, but right now, we're just going to give you a breakdown and overview of of what we think are is going to be going down, you know, w- with the series, and where our spots are going to be looking, you know, to attack, because obviously, we have a game plan, but, you know, we need to see what, what's going on, it's, it's, it's a lot different betting on a game three when the series is 2-0, when it's 1-1, so, you know, we're not going to be making a pick on a game three, you know, before we know what the series score is, but we can have an idea of, of of our battle plan for the five-game series that we have uh, going on right now.
0: So let's start in the senior circuit where both of those series are already one game old. A couple of interesting game ones yesterday in Atlanta and Los Angeles. The Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals, a pair of division champs in the National League, of course the Braves in the East, and the Cardinals in the Central. Uh, I certainly anticipate this series to go at least four games. I think that you have pretty evenly matched teams across the board here. Maybe you give an edge to the Atlanta offense, but of course Ronald Acuna Jr. missed a lot of the time in the last couple weeks of the regular season, got back in the lineup yesterday for Atlanta. So Matt, when we think about this series, we're going to see Jack Flaherty on the mound today for St. Louis. And before we hopped on, I was surprised uh, we were discussing that I was surprised to not see Mike Soroka until game three in St. Louis. Could just be a home road thing. Mike Fultanevich will get the start for Atlanta in game two. But I, I, this is a tricky one for me to pick because you have a Cardinals team that's been there, done that. Even though the last couple of years they haven't been in the playoffs, they still got the Yadier Molina's and the Matt Carpenter's, and not that Paul Goldschmidt has been to the playoffs with the Cardinals before, but he's been around the block with Arizona. So, and then you have the young upstart Braves that got a taste of things last year. I think this is one of the more intriguing series. And if you had, to, if I had to pick a series to go five, I would almost be inclined to say this is the best bet to do that.
1: I mean, Greg, I really can't disagree with anything you're saying. But let me dive right into this game. I think he hit the nail on the head. I think these, this is one of the most even matchups we have in this, in this round of the playoffs. But this man, Jack Flaherty, who we're going to see this afternoon, I mean, what can I say about him? First off, I think I've been on air here multiple times playing yeah, Jack Flaherty.
0: Street, first half.
1: Him. Yeah, backing him as a first half run line, you know. Usually at home, right? we know how dominant he is at home, but let me tell you, it doesn't get much different on the road. Greg, in six starts in September, this man had a 0.82 ERA three and one decisions. in six starts in in August, excuse me, 0.71, four and one in his decisions. So I mean, you know, take that for what you want, but that means in his last twelve starts. He's seven and two when when he's gotten the decision, and the, the Cardinals just they show up when he's on the mound. There's just this this you know I, I take the word for me, Greg. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say well, here, but well, he's well, on, Matt, I want to jump confidence. In. There it is, the confidence in the in the Cardinals when they're throwing Flaherty on the mound. You know, I mean, dude, this guy is a 23 year old kid out there on the mound, and he
0: is just unbelievable. You know, there's the old adage in baseball, momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. And I think Flaherty is one of those guys that, regardless of what's happened in the past, you wake up and see his name listed as the starting pitcher, and it probably gives everybody an extra jump in the step, knowing that, hey, we got our horse out there, we're going to be in the game.
1: When you're at this level, and when you're pitching how he's pitching, you know, you're not having a so-so year, you know, this is close to Cy Young numbers. Candidate numbers for Jack Flaherty here, you know. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you take away his first, his a couple months uh, where he struggled in the first half of the year, the second half of the number a year is is Cy young numbers. So say what you want about what he did in June or what he did to start the year in April, but this is October and he's been the best pitcher in baseball over the course of the last two months. And, you know, you can't tell me otherwise. And I'm going to have to side with the Cardinals here. This is not an official play. Um, obviously, stay checked on the Twitter prior to the game. You know, this game's coming off 4.37 Eastern time. So make sure you check into the Twitter probably around, you know, noon, 12, uh, 2 o'clock-ish. I'll definitely have uh, a play if I have a play on it. But for me, it's Cardinals or pass here. I can't go against Flaherty in this spot. But I'm not so sure if I can back him in his first playoff start. That scares me a little bit. I will definitely have to give it some consideration as the
0: day goes on. But it's Cardinals or pass for me. Let's move forward and stay in the senior circuit and go to Chavez Ravine where the Los Angeles Dodgers host the Washington Nationals in Game 2 tonight. And Matt, I think the big story in this entire series for that matter, specifically with Washington, is going to be how do they handle and how aggressive do they get with the innings of Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg because both of them pitched in Tuesday's National League wildcard game obviously a lot will depend on what happens in game 2 and 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 what if they are able to keep the series going back in dc and perhaps even push the dodgers to the brink of elimination but uh when we think about the the nats and uh they certainly were up against the wall on tuesday night and got the big hit from juan soto uh and you have a dodgers team that's been much maligned obviously back to back national league champs but unable to get over the hump in the world series Nationals have been having problems even getting to that point so when we look at this series I do think it comes down to you know how are the innings managed for Strasburg and Scherzer how much do we see those guys uh because at the end of the day uh the Nationals need need innings from those guys and we know that their bullpen is their weakness so they need their starters in a much more traditional way to to keep them in games
1: yeah I mean Greg this can be a quick one for me right I I think um I think the Dod- I mean, the Dodgers were my NL pick coming into it. Uh, the Nationals right. have been one of the hottest teams, obviously, in baseball, coming into the baseball playoffs. Um, I think the edge is to the Dodgers for the batting uh, rotation. And, you know, call me crazy, I'm going to side with the edge to the Dodgers in the starting pitcher rotation. Uh, I did not like what I saw out of Scherzer. And... And he had
0: been struggling going into that wild card. That's
1: the thing. So he was struggling heavily since coming off the DL. So I, you know, I figured, okay, it's playoffs. He's at home. He's going to lock in, right? He's going to lock in. He's going to turn up the knocks. We're going to see Max Scherzer we know. And and we just didn't see that, Greg. That really scares me because now all of a sudden you go from three stud aces to now two and a big question mark, right? And, you know, in a five-game series where where three games wins it, it's tough if you got one guy going out there who you have no idea. Is he going to go seven scoreless or is he going to let a five in, in, in five and two-thirds? So I'm going to give the edge to the Dodgers here. I think the Dodgers are too good. I think they're too experienced, and I think they're ready for the task, although I do think we'll see another exciting series. But I think the Dodgers are ultimately going to roll here and move on to the next round.
0: On we roll to the American League, the 2017 world champions that defeated the LA Dodgers, the Houston Astros are the favorites to win the world. Greg, series. I'm going to
1: cut you off right there. Do we, do we really need to talk about this series?
0: <laughs> well, Hey, I, I think I mean, the. Come ratings, on. I think we know what's going to happen here. Uh, listen, the, the Astros are a heavy favorite with good reason. Uh, but I guess where we talk about it, we, I mean, we are a gambling podcast. If you are looking <laughs> to bet this series, uh, Matt, we kind of discussed this on uh, Tuesday, uh, that betting the Astros, you would have been better off getting in on the futures market with them before, because you're obviously going to see some pretty inflated prices. Uh, But if you are looking to bet this series, I mean, I suppose one thing that you've done a lot, and I would probably agree with, would just be to look to play Astros on first five run lines, right?
1: Yeah, I would love to play Astros on the first five run lines. It's going to be hard to back them, you know, because even in a playoff game, back to back them at uh, the lines of 200 and higher. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be tough, you know. And, and, and you're so much bad- better
0: off on a first five run line than a full game minus one and a half.
1: Yeah, that that's that's for sure. Uh, I really, you know, I mean, well, what's there to say about this Astros team other than, you know, it could arguably want to be one of the best teams in baseball history. I mean, maybe that's a stretch. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I love the lineup. I- No,
0: starting rotation. You know, maybe looking at it's possible where you know we're sitting here in ten days thinking, well, gosh, could the Astros go eleven and zero in the postseason? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, Greg. I'm gonna shut the door there. I mean, they're gonna drop a game. Let's be real. (laughs) But you know, I mean, this isn't the NBA where we got the Warriors and they're just gonna walk through. But you know, it's still MLB, and, and one of these pitchers will have an off game, I promise you. I mean, we've seen them drop. Yeah, but good luck figuring out what it is. <laughs> but good luck beating them four out of seven or three out of five. That's the point. Remember, these are not one-game wild cards. These are now series. The best team typically advances due to how it works. You have to beat the team three out of five or four out of seven. Therefore, the best team usually rolls. And even though sometimes a lower seed wins, They prove over those five, six, seven games that they were the better team. I think Astros proved they are the better team. Rays, thank you for coming. You had a great season. Now go home to your 15,000 fans and, you know, get ready for next year. (laughs)
0: Lastly, I think uh, uh, probably the second most intriguing series as far as a coin flip, maybe not knowing who's going to win is the Minnesota Twins and the New York Yankees. We talked a little bit on Tuesday about this series because we knew that both these teams were going to be matched up for a while. Uh, Probably safe to assume we're going to see some long balls in this one, Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, we spoke about this. There's going to be home runs. Uh, I don't expect pitching to be too much of a factor here, although it will be interesting come bullpen time for sure. The Yankees definitely have the advantage here. We spoke about this. I think the Twins' best – Hope is that they steal one on the road if they're coming home down two oh um I think they're gonna be I think they're gonna be done I'm gonna put it out there. i really I, I think that's this Yankees team's too good to then uh, lose three straight to the twins. so the twins best bet is they need to steal one on the road they come they steal one on the road you know the the twins then uh, they they have a chance they have a chance to uh, finish that off in Minnesota. let me tell you that and the Yankees could really be on a plane home to New York with a letdown losing that series three one but i i, I I think that um, this this is a tough series, man. I mean, I think it could really go either way each game, and I do expect one game. You know, one of the sides of the pitchers will step up huge, and we'll and we'll see one of these lineups shut down for sure.
0: Yeah, no, and just lastly, as this game one is on Friday night, uh, we're going to see Jose Brios go to the mound tonight for Minnesota. You would have to assume Jake Odorizzi in game two, uh, and. Listen, those two pitchers I I think are Minnesota's best bet here – to I like their chances to get one with those two guys is what I'm saying. So uh, we just spoke about this a little bit. It's probably something I'm going to do. Haven't officially locked it in, as Matt said. Keep an eye on the Twitter for Baseball Plays. Uh, I think I'm definitely going to roll the dice on Minnesota on the money line in the first two games at plus prices. And obviously that's the beauty of betting the plus price. If I just go one and one, I turn a profit. So it's something I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, Greg, I mean, we spoke about that uh, earlier in the week, and I I think that's a good way to go. Nothing crazy. One unit each game, Twins on the road. uh, They split. You turn a profit. They lose. You know, I mean, you're shit out of luck. But Twins being the best road team in the MLB this year, 55 wins on the road. Uh, Yankees pitching not the best. Ballpark favors home runs. Twins hit the most home runs in the year. I I don't think you're, you're investing poorly there, Greg.
0: All righty. Let's see if you agree with another one of my bigger investments is let's go to the college gridiron now as we, I will, uh, if you're looking for Friday night action, uh there's certainly plenty of options on the diamond today with four games, but I am actually going to give out a max play now on the college gridiron. I'm going to go to Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm going to go with the home dog, the Cincinnati Bearcats, plus the three and a half against the Central Florida Knights. Here's what I'm seeing as you look at Central Florida after a blowout win, obviously last week against Connecticut. That's what they're supposed to do against Yukon. But I thought that pit game was a very telling sign that I don't know that I want to trust UCF moving forward and, and now all of a sudden I think the odds makers are kind of starting to agree right you think about where this number is at UCF normally in its conference games you're, you're talking at least a touchdown favorite in in most conference games and, and here they are now as just over a field goal chalk against Cincinnati, a team that uh, they played last year with college game day in Orlando and beat. So I think that's going to be on the minds of the Bearcats. Desmond Ritter was the American Athletic Conference Rookie of the Year last year. I think he's primed to have a bigger game here. And I mentioned that pit loss for Central Florida. I think that was pretty telling as far as the ceiling for the Knights because – Pittsburgh, if you look at the rest of Pitt season, uh, they're just not that good. They only scored 10 points against Penn State. They barely beat FCS Delaware 17-14. to 14. Uh, They scored 14 points against Virginia, and they only scored 20 against Ohio. There's nothing about Pittsburgh that makes me think that UCF has any business losing outright to them. So the fact that they did is telling me that UCF is a little overvalued here in that what's, uh, I'm an American Athletic Conference guy. I went to Temple. Cincinnati is a tough place to play. Uh, they're getting over a field goal. It makes a lot of sense. I think I might throw a unit on the money line here as well. I think that Cincinnati is a very live dog here and I like the Bearcats for a max play. Any thoughts?
1: You know, Greg, it's kind of wild. Um, this would be, usually be a game I'm all over and, you know, I just, uh, I'm just, I'm just really not. Like, it just doesn't turn me on. It just, I just, to look at it, I just don't love it at all. I just have no interest in touching this game. I'm gonna root for you with all my heart, Greg. I'm gonna pour <laughs> my heart out there. I might even put one unit on the Cincinnati Bearcats just to be on the same side as you. But for me personally, it, it, it's, it's just, it's a tough game. I mean, Cincinnati historically is good at home.
0: Um, the past and two final games, and Cincinnati. when you look at their non-conference schedule, three and one, they won all three of their, all games by double digits, just blew out Marshall and Miami of Ohio. Their one loss was against Ohio State, who's blown out everybody. So I like where this Cincinnati team is at heading into their conference opener.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I see all the angles you're coming from. I believe them. And you made me a believer. Like I said, I would be happy to ride your play for one unit for sure. I personally just—it's not a game that I'm totally interested in. With sure. my, with my, you know, we got a, we got a lot going on this weekend, so it's getting to the time where you gotta pick and choose. And I'm already not the best at that, Greg, as we all know. So I'm already gonna be on some baseball today. I'm gonna be on some NFL and college football on Saturday. This was a game that I chose to sit out, but you know. Maybe come seven thirty, eight o'clock when my juices get flowing and I remember my buddy Greg's got a max bet, maybe I'll put it out for a one-unit play. But, you know, anytime I can get an unranked home team on a conference opener, a uh, home conference opener, you know, a field goal or more, eh, so-
0: sounds nice to me. I like it, Greg. All right, let's go to another conference game on Saturday, this in the Big Ten, where we had a little bit of a crossfire action. I'm on the Michigan Wolverines laying the three, three and a half at some shops. I have not officially bet this yet, but I will certainly be on Michigan against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a Michigan team that I think is going to come out to play like they have a new lease on life. Yes, they did lose in convincing fashion against the, against the Wisconsin Badgers in their first game in Big Ten play. But they responded. I know it was Rutgers, but they did what they were supposed to do against Rutgers last week, fifty-two to nothing. And Wisconsin—that was a crossover game for Michigan. That's the team of the Big Ten West is the Badgers. So the Wolverines, as far as they're concerned, everything is still right in front of them. By no means are they the best team in the Big Ten East. That is, <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig. What is
1: it? I gotta cut you off. What the hell is in front of this Michigan team? Where where are they going?
0: Where, what are they doing? Where's where what's in front of them? What's in front of them is the Big Ten East. They have not lost a game in against a Big Ten East opponent, so they still play Michigan State. They still play Ohio State. Those are their opportunities. They still play Penn State. I'm not saying that they're going to win those games, but that's what's in front of them, the opportunity to still represent the Big Ten East in the conference championship game. And I think that they Honestly, the opportunity for Michigan is they better win this game
1: or— their head coach is going to be out of a job. Like, well, that—that well, that I going mean, to this. Do. I mean, this is Michigan. I, I don't care that they're three and one. And they're. I see what you're saying. How you know they're not done yet, and they lost to on the road to a good Wisconsin team. But let's not forget how bad they've looked in the games that they won. Regard, don't, don't, don't give that. me Rutgers. That's a high school football team. Rutgers is. Don't give me sure, that. Sure. The and other two, the so other salty, three games they won. I hear you. Like, I mean,
0: they struggled heavily, Greg. But see, I would argue that, again, their best football is still in front of them. And like you said, Harbaugh's seat is getting pretty hot there in Ann Arbor. I just have to think, listen, at some point, whether it's Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, they're going to play well in Notre Dame. They're going to come to play in one of these big games. I'm inclined to think. It's this one against Iowa. Uh Iowa feels like a little bit of a square dog this week. I will lay the field goal plus with the Michigan Wolverines. Greg, I, I really don't have much to say
1: to you, honestly. I am – I'm beside myself. I, I really am, you know. I, I thought you were better than that, but, hey, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be upset. I guess I'll have to get the best of you once again on a noon start on college and college football, you know. Real simple. I got the Iowa Hawkeyes plus three and a half. Give me the field goal and the hook. Michigan is pathetic. Iowa has looked great through four games. This is a big game for Iowa. Like, like as like you said about Michigan that they're not done. Well, you know, if Iowa wins this game, they're going to start off thinking that they have a chance to the college football playoffs. Now let's just shut the door right there because obviously we both know they they don't. But I mean, hey, if they win this game. They come at home versus Penn State. We know how hard of a place it is to play in Iowa, so you can assume that they'll have a good chance to win that game. Then home against Penn State at Northwestern, I mean, obviously, they then have a battle at Wisconsin in November, but I mean, hey, if they win at Michigan and then can beat Penn State at home, who's to say they're not undefeated going to Madison, Wisconsin? You know, give me the Iowa Hawkeyes plus three and a half. Uh, I think they win out right.
0: You have a max play. It's the Oklahoma Sooners who have just been a train wreck in the, well, a, a freight train, I should say, uh, in the Big 12, uh, Lincoln Riley continues to churn out offensive, uh, masterpieces every Saturday. They go to Lawrence to take on the, uh, Kansas Jayhawks. Total of 67 and a half. Oklahoma, a 32 point favorite on the road, but you're doing what you're supposed to do with a big favorite playing them in the first half.
1: Craig, I mean, I'm playing in the first half. Like, I can't, I can't only go on record and talk about Oklahoma so many times. You know how I feel about Oklahoma's offense. You know how I feel about Jalen Hurts. You know what I feel about Lincoln Riley. And oh yeah, the kids is Jayhawks. That's a basketball team, right? Don't don't yeah, don't see did. me on the football field. Cool. You got to win against Boston College. You thought you were a hype, and then what happened? You lost at home to West Virginia, and then you lost on the road, embarrassingly, to TCU, and you failed to cover the spread two straight games. Yeah, I mean, the, the Kansas Kansas has played five games. They've covered the spread once. They've they, they covered the spread once in the first half as well. This is a basketball team. They're ready to play basketball. Now, let me tell you, Oklahoma is going to run the train here. They're going to win the game in the first half like they do Every single game, I mean, they're 2-2 two two on the first half spread. We didn't play in the one game against uh, South Dakota, obviously, because that was a high spread. And, you know, I don't know if you remember my first game against Houston. It was a tough loss. You know, really, in my mind, uh, should have covered, obviously. Nice, easy to say now. But they're back on track. They covered first half against UCLA, UCLA, excuse me, and they covered last week's first half against Texas Tech. So, you know, give me Oklahoma. It's minus 20 on the first half. I know people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, minus twenty—that's that's three possessions." J- Jalen Hurts in this offense can score in the snap of a finger. They can throw a sixty-yard touchdown. We saw what TCU did to Kansas. Now, let me ask you, Greg: Do you think TCU is better than Oklahoma? No, I'm gonna answer for you. No, and okay. they were up thirty-eight to zero at half. I know they were home, and I know Kansas is is it was on the road that game, and now it's flipped. So Oklahoma's on the road, but if TCU can go up thirty-eight to nothing against the Kansas Jayhawks, there's nothing in my mind that doesn't think that Oklahoma can be up 21 or more at halftime. Give me Oklahoma for a 3U max, minus 20 first half.
0: Staying in the Big 12, uh, let's go to Lubbock, where the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys travel to Texas Tech. Oklahoma State opened as a 7-point favorite, been bet up to about 10-point chalk at most shops. Total in this game about 63. Um, I'm going to sit on the sidelines here, but Matt, you like the Cowboys. Yeah, Greg. I actually have a few different angles on this game.
1: So, um, as everyone knows, you, you know if you're following my Twitter, uh, a top unit play is two units. And by the way, if you're not following my Twitter, I, I don't know why you're or how you're listening to this. But if you are, you should obviously follow my Twitter at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Um, I have a few different angles. Two unit play on Oklahoma State first half. You know, I you know I like these plays, Greg. I prefer playing first half. Sometimes I got that in at five and a half. It's now since you moved up to six. In some shops, some shops is still five and a half. Obviously, the five and a half is nice. Just six is a you know it's not a key number like a seven or a three, but six and four are those numbers we look for right after seven and three. And I took under sixty three and a half full game, and I took Oklahoma State. I bought a half a point, something I don't usually do, but here I did, so they make it minus nine and a half uh, with a one twenty juice. And those are both two unit plays. Oklahoma State. I mean, what can I say about them this year? Um, in five games, they've looked. Uh, amazing, and, and, and when I say five games, of 4-1 record, yeah, they look pretty damn good losing 36-30 to 30 against Texas, you know, that's, Texas is a great team, so they end up covering that game, obviously, but they lost, but I mean, so 4-1, they're 5-0 and oh against the spread this year, Texas Tech, what can I say about them, I mean, yes, they're coming home, I understand that after two road games, but Two brutal road games. I mean, small favorites at Arizona, and they don't get the job done, and then they travel to Oklahoma. I mean, they play Oklahoma, and they just get a shellacking there. So, you know, they are they're, they've covered the spread one time this year. They they push or lost, depending on where you had the number, and they've lost the last two. The first time they covered the spread was their, back in game one, their home opener. So there's really nothing that I see here that would take me off of OK State and like I said, I like them to get out to an early start, cover the first half, cover the full game. And I like the game to go under. I don't think Texas Tech scores many points. I think OK State gets stopped up.
0: A little bit of a consensus play now as we move forward into the Big 12 in the later afternoon slate. The Texas Longhorns are ten and a half, eleven 11-point chalk in Morgantown against the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, I, and Matt and I both like the West Virginia side of this one. West Virginia, uh, catching all those points. Uh, Neil Brown, first year coach at West Virginia. This is the type of spot where even if he doesn't win the game, could really make a statement that he's the right man in for that job. Uh, and oh, by the way, guess what's next for, next for Texas? Neutral site game, Red River, Red River rivalry against the Oklahoma Sooners. I have to think there's probably some look ahead element here for Texas. Greg,
1: let me stop you right there. Some look ahead element. Not only is there some, there is a direct correlation. Let me read you this statistic, Greg. The Texas Longhorns are three, thirteen and one against the number the last seventeen games before the Oklahoma game. Including oh seven and one in their last eight. So this game defines a look ahead. This is sure. the game of the year for Texas every single year. Like this Real is the game they. This is the game they need to win every year. So it's it surprising to get it, oh, West
0: Virginia, West Virginia. The last couple weeks they get a Big Twelve win. I know it was Kansas, but it's the first year for the, the coach Neil Brown, as I said. So it's a little bit of a transition year. So the fact that they can start one and zero in conference has to make them feel good. And Then the week before that uh, they beat and. NC State, 44-27. So they have to be liking where they're at. Then they go into a bye week after the Kansas game. Then they come out of the bye for Texas. I think they're going to be really fired up to give Texas all they can handle out of this bye week in a spot where, yes, West Virginia is going to also play Oklahoma. But, you know, I, I think they are going to care a lot more about playing Texas than Texas is going to care about playing West Virginia. Therefore, the double-digit point spread to me is pure value. Uh, I like West Virginia plus the ten and a half. Uh, I will certainly be on this
1: again. Pure value. If you don't even want to back West Virginia, look at this bet more fading Texas in the sure. look-ahead situation, which has been profitable. And like I said, over the past uh, set times they've they've played. I mean, if you played it every time, you're doing really well. You know, you can buy whatever you want. So. I uh, give me. I got in at plus eleven. It's it's at plus ten and a half. I'd be sure to grab it before you lose that hook because that hook is obviously valuable there. And I expect it to go to ten, maybe even under ten, maybe even under ten. But I got in at eleven, and I would still play it at ten and a half. I would play it at ten, but don't you know, don't wait this, for this line to get to nine and a half because by
0: kickoff uh, on Saturday it, it might very well be under ten. Couple more college games here. Another one that we both like the same side of. Uh, and the biggest game of the weekend is the Auburn Tigers heading to Gainesville to play the Florida Gators. Auburn is a field goal favorite in this game, total of 48 and a half. I got in at Auburn minus two and a half. Uh, Matt, I'll give you credit on this one. You were all over the Tigers at the beginning of the season. And my gosh, you know, I I wonder where we're going, what the conversation is going to be like a month from now when, you know, you still have Auburn LSU Alabama all in the SEC mix and then uh, you talked about Oklahoma earlier we're going to get to Ohio State it just feels like this could be a year that really pushes the needle forward on playoff expansion because Auburn's one of those teams where if you told me they're going to win the national championship I'm not that surprised they're that good. Um, okay, so let me just start off, you
1: know, I don't, I don't want to start off with coming at you every time, Greg, but let me start off with, you know, even as high as I am on Auburn, I think we can throw national title, uh, contention out of there. Strictly, mean, really? Out the window, though? Strictly, like, uh, yes, yes, I th- out the window. Um, and that's, you know, strictly due to quarterback play. Um, I think this defense is a top three defense in college football. And so I think that can get you far. But I think it can only get you so far is my point. Um, but this game, you know, we spoke about this game, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, before the Texas A&M, the Texas A&M game, did we not?
0: Uh well the Texas A&M game was a couple weeks ago now. So I'm saying so. okay, okay, that's fine. Well, we spoke about this because it, the, the the point I'm making is that the
1: Texas A&M game was only a slight step towards Auburn. We, we talked about everything that Auburn needed to do, right? And the Texas A&M win, not hypothetically means nothing. I, I hate to say that, but it almost means nothing if Auburn's to go out there and lose this game to Florida. It just erases just it, you know what I'm saying? Back. Okay. Well, let me tell you why, why it's facts. Because we know Georgia is most likely going to run the table, and we know Alabama is mostly going to run the table. And if they don't run the table, that means they probably lost to Auburn. So my, right. point, my point of getting that is where this game puts Auburn. If they are to pull out this win, right, now Auburn can afford to lose to Georgia or Alabama or LSU. Because remember, they play at LSU also. So not sure. only do they play this now, game at first. They do get Georgia and Alabama at home. So, so, so my point is, if they lose this Florida game, then you're telling me, okay, they lose this Florida game, and then what? They gotta win those three games, Greg. Cause a two team, oh, right. a two loss right. team. The only chance they have at the
0: playoff is if they're not gonna lose one two games. A one loss.
1: They're not right. gonna lose two games to get it. Exactly my point. And I think we can agree that LSU, Georgia, and Alabama are all better than Florida. So my point that I'm making, to bring it back full circle, is Auburn needs to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive? It's really right. as simple as that. Because, because they're going to one of
0: those other three.
1: Exactly, is my point. Now, could they win two of the three? Sure. Could they win the two home games and lose at LSU? Potentially. But if they lose this Florida game, are they going to run the table and win at LSU, win at home against Georgia, win at home against Bama, knowing that they also lost to Florida? You're damn sure they're not going to do that. So they need to win this game, you know, and then they go in. They'll have an easy game against Arkansas. I'll be looking to play Arkansas spread, obviously, because I'll be a look-ahead to the at-LSU game. And then they're at-LSU, and then that's a huge game. That's a huge game because that's, in my mind, at-LSU for Auburn is house money. You
0: win that game, well, now, holy shit, Auburn, you are staring college football Let's in the— back, it, but like, it, let me just go back to what you— you said earlier, like at this point, if we're starting to talk about Auburn as a playoff contender, then you have to give them national championship contention too. If you think they can make the playoff, then they're, they're one of four left. Yeah. But in a big game in, in the college football playoffs,
1: I'm not, I'm not trusting Bo Nix. I'm not trusting Bo Nix and I'm not trusting well, them he's be playing to big games
0: between now and then though. So if they get there, he's going to have been through the ringer. Exactly. So to my point, which I'm trying to make, Actually, I'm going to finish I'm up. I'm sorry here. to you off. I wanted to get No, in. no, no,
1: no, no, no. Greg, I want you to get in there, and I'm not <laughs> upset about it. I just want to tie in the reason why I am picking Auburn to beat Florida here is because I think they're better than Florida. But to my point is, I don't think they are good enough to beat Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. I think ultimately sure. they will beat Georgia or Alabama at home, and I think they will ultimately lose the other at game home. at home and or lose at LSU. So back to my point is, it's amazing if Auburn can get this win and how amazing they'll look, but their schedule is just so brutal that that's why I think we can call national championship out of the question, especially even if they do make the college football playoffs. I will not trust that quarterback to then win two games because I don't care how good your defense is. You need your quarterback to be able to win you games, and I just don't know if I'm going to be able to have the stomach to bet on a Bo Nix over a Trevor Lawrence in the college football playoff, despite Trevor Lawrence early game struggle. That's
0: that's its own discussion right there. I, I don't know. So but we
1: can get to that at a later date, but you know, Auburn's only problem is their schedule. But yes, they are one of the best teams in college football for sure, but they just are playing I mean, I don't want to say the hardest schedule
0: in, in college football, but maybe. But maybe, I really don't know. All right, well, let's bring it back to Auburn and Florida. Uh, we're both on Auburn, minus two in the hook. Uh, got in early enough. Uh, and yeah. I also played Auburn Moneyline first half uh, for one unit. So, certainly, investing in the Auburn side this weekend of the biggest game of the week would be something that we recommend. Lastly... Let's go to Columbus. You have a play on Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State, a three-touchdown favorite, a total of 49 in this game. Ohio State first half has been your moneymaker in the college football season. Matt, I assume you're going right back to the woodshed.
1: Um, no, Greg, I'm actually uh, going to take a different angle. I'm going to be on the Michigan t- State. <laughs> Greg, I couldn't even finish that sentence. Of course I'm betting Ohio State first half here. It is a no-brainer. I don't even want to spend too much time talking about it because it's simply the best bet you can be making in college football. We're already 5-0. We're playing our house money. I think I spoke about six weeks ago how I'm going to play this every single week. And what do you, you know? Five weeks on the line, we're not 5-0. So I'm playing this for a three-unit max bet. This is the biggest game Ohio State's played season to date. They're at home against the fakely-ranked, Number 25, Michigan State Spartans. I had the minus 10.5. Yeah, does it suck to have that hook? I don't think so, because we've had that hook at 14.5, at 10.5, at 17.5 at Ohio State, and it just doesn't fucking matter, Greg. They run the train in the first half. Justin Fields is, it hurts me to say it, but he is inching closer and closer each game to taking that Heisman Trophy. Right from Tua and right from Jalen Hurts. I mean, what can you say about that man? Uh, Georgia might have really messed up. I hope it doesn't come to bite them in the butt. I would love to see Justin Field. Fe- well, Greg, wouldn't you love to see Oklahoma versus Alabama and Ohio State versus Georgia? Now, wouldn't that be something for the college football playoffs? I mean, my gosh, screw Trevor Lawrence. Wouldn't that be something to have those sure. two quarterbacks playing their former teams? This is a no-brainer for me. Ohio State holds a plus thirty-one differential for the first half this year i know michigan state's the best team though they have played a date i know it's the best defense but the stadium will be rocking
0: columbus and they will easily be up two three scores or more you can book it My let's step half. let's step aside as matt wraps things up there with ohio state first half minus 10 and a half let's step aside and check in with our sponsors and then come back with some nfl picks Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Indochino is one of the world's largest made to measure menswear brands. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under 400 US dollars. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. When entering BlueWire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com. Use the promo code BlueWire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. An incredible deal for made to measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time consuming expensive, and there's so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders to one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, (coughs) even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Full Slate listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's shipstation.com. Then enter the offer code blue. Shipstation.com. Make ship happen. And we're back on full slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Greg Frank at undercover Greg on Twitter and Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Wrapping things up on a Friday morning, and of course, we have to go to the professional pigskin. It's week five in the NFL. Already got started last night with the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. Let's start with the early afternoon slate, and we have another crossfire. The Atlanta Falcons heading to Houston to play the Houston Texans. I'll start. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll let you start this one, Matt. You like the Texans.
1: Yeah, um, I hate the Falcons. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, it's kind of ironic because I actually bet on the Falcons on Sunday Night Football two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I guess, at this point, against my Philadelphia Eagles. But let me just tell you, Matt Ryan, is he still having a Super Bowl hangover? Like, is he still drunk or something? <laughs> I swear, Greg, this man has nightmares of that 28-3 to collapse. I swear, I, I, I can't make this up. He really does, and it's just the Falcons haven't been the same since. They might be one of the most talented teams and maybe one of the most underperformed teams. And you know what's funny? If there's a second team to characterize all that same stuff, it might actually be the Houston Texans. So right. this is like a battle of like two slightly underperforming teams. Now, obviously, you know, there are two teams going in different directions. Texans have a young quarterback. They're, you know, they're still getting a little better. On the flip side, we have the Falcons, you know their quarterbacks getting a little older. Falcons are in a one and three spot on the road here. Texans are two and two with all four teams in their division at two and two where the Falcons find themselves two games behind the New Orleans Saints. So you know the Texans playoffs hopes and division hopes very so much alive. The Falcons could be done with a loss here. I think Texans with a back to back home game so they didn 't travel. I think the Texans really do right the ship here. And I think it was a tough game that they played against the Panthers. And I really think it was because the Panthers' Ds for real. I mean, what they do with Luke Kuechly and their corners, they, they do a really good job with. And I think the Panthers have a good defense. We've seen the Texans beat the Chargers on the road and the Jags at home. Not impressive fashion, but... I, I like the Texans here at home to get back on track. I just I'm going to be backing Watson and the boys against Ryan, and, and and that's about it. Nothing crazy here. Just a one unit play for me.
0: Yeah, I, this is one unit for me as well. But I do like the other side. I I like the Falcons plus the five because what you just mentioned. You said it in one in your handicap. This is a must win for the Falcons. This is their season, and I know that. That doesn't mean that, that doesn't make them any more likely to win the game. And I'm not saying they are going to win the game. I just think you're going to get max effort from them, max buy-in, which also has been a question for them early in the year. Do they still, does Dan Quinn still have the locker room? I think they're going to come to play hard here. If I will say, if they lose this game, whether they cover or not, I'm getting off the Falcons because I do think then you could start to see some quit from them. Uh, but I, I think this is the last kind of last gasp circle the wagons type effort. From Atlanta, Um, I I I don't think they're dead in this division if they win this game because I think you're going to see New Orleans in time, maybe even as early as Sunday against Tampa Bay. New Orleans is going to lose a few games and 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 this division is going to be maybe one with ten wins, which would still be attainable for Atlanta if they can win this game. Uh, So I I just look at uh, Greg. Greg,
1: you just you just wait. You say the Falcons could potentially have ten wins this season. If they win this game, I uh, I'm, I'm am I'm having Blue Wire. I am having Blue Wire get you drug tested again because I don't see how, in God's name, you have the Atlanta Falcons winning nine more games this season. Sure, even if they win this game, eight more. Uh, Greg, come on, dude. I, well, this Atlanta Falcons team is is pathetic. You thought Devontae Freeman would finally step up with Tevin Coleman out and would be a workhorse? That
0: man has Greg, been. Yes, they play. Crazy. Florida next week they win that game they're three and three it's again it's kind of like what I was saying with Michigan I, We're all I don't I don't no, no right. I'm not i i am not i am
1: talking that game as a toss up for for the Falcons I really don't I you know well, I'm not saying the Cardinals the like,
0: are the... I'm just saying like th- this is it for them like they I, 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 if they lose this game yeah I'm getting off but my point is if they win this game their season's not over and. You look at Houston in the favorite role. they have underperformed when they are expected to win games
1: five i 'll give not, you that that 's for damn sure. Both of these teams underperform when they 're expected to win I, like this is This is honestly like the definition of like a stay away game like it really is, but i mean i i I just think that the Texans turn their season around, knowing that this win can actually turn their season around and put them in first place in the division as opposed to the Falcons. I think they are. After this win, I think they are seriously going to be. I mean, after this loss, I think they could seriously be considering where their franchise is going and what direction oh, they're, right. going to I, I agree they're with playing. That
0: right, and and Houston loses the game, but that's again why I want points in this game. Whether they lose, I, I think they can keep it close enough to cover. Houston five nine and one against the spread last fifteen games as a favorite, uh, dating back to last season. Is not a team that I trust laying over a field goal, so I'm taking Atlanta plus the points. No, I, I don't hate
1: the points. I just want to make sure you're not playing on the money line. Because no, no. I do like the I, Texans right, in,
0: a parlay. I in a parlay. By, I specify okay. by saying, if Atlanta loses this game, even if they cover, I am getting, I'm, I'm getting off. Like, I'm not playing them for a while because I think they could quit. Yeah. But Well, then let's both uh, win. Because I got Texans on the money line in a parlay, and you got the
1: spread. So Texans by a field goal. Let's do it.
0: Okay, that sounds good. Let's keep things rolling, though. Let's actually stay in the NFC South. And when you talk about new lease on life, how about Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers? They've won back to back games, albeit one of them against the Arizona Cardinals, but a pretty impressive game against those very Houston Texans for the Panthers last week on the road. They go back home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Carolina laying three and a hook in this one total of 41. I'm on the Panthers as the home favorite. I look at Gardner Minshew and listen, it's been unbelievable the story and it probably will continue, right? I don't know that we necessarily see the Jags going away. Uh, but I, I think this is a little bit of a comeback down to earth spot for him. Uh, I'm not sure I really trust Jacksonville to, uh, win and, and cover back to back road games. Denver let that game slip away last week in the mile high city. Uh, then we think about Carolina. As I said, I think the Carolina, like they got good players. Like you talked about Luke Eakley and their defense, like, it's a good roster. Like, it wasn't just Cam Newton that was going to carry them to a good season if you thought Carolina was going to be good. Like, if you thought Carolina was going to be good, it was probably more than just Cam. So they're getting the good quarterback play, and I think we are going to start to see uh these backup quarterbacks. They were value plays earlier in the season when they were making their first couple starts because... uh not many people really knew about them. Now I think the whole Minshew thing has the Jags feeling like a bit of a public dog this week. Uh, and I just, I like the spot for Carolina here. I will lay the points and I think Kyle Allen and company will keep it rolling. Hey, somebody is as a backup. And uh, I think the home team here is the play. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right with you here. I'm
1: on the Panthers. um Minus three and a half. And it's a real interesting game right the jags come in on on a three game winning streak against the number and a two game outright streak the panthers come in on a two game against a spread streak and two game uh two game winning streak so you know two games on the road the panthers won so naturally i would typically look for this to be a letdown spot for the panthers but they're coming in against a team who's also Two know, zero, and probably has outplayed their expectations for the past two games. So this actually wouldn't be a letdown spot for me. And I think with the Minshew hype, like you said, I think this is more of a letdown spot for the Jags. You know, I they don't action. expect Leonard Fournette to run for thirty yard, I mean thirty carries and two hundred twenty five yards against this Carolina Panthers te- defense on the road. Luke Kuechly is not going to allow that. I-, I promise you that. And this defense, like you said, extends further than Luke Kuechly. I expect this to be a low. Scoring game, as the total implies, of the 41 total, Uh give me the Panthers minus three and a half. I think they went by a touchdown.
0: Let's go to the Steel City with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home at the ketchup bottle. Heinz Field against the hated Baltimore Ravens. Pitt- Pittsburgh, a three and a half point home dog here. Matt, you like Mike Tomlin's team to uh, keep things rolling a little bit. This was a real interesting game, Greg. Open at three,
1: moved all the way up to three and a half, then all the way up to four, then back to three and a half. I hopped in at three and a half, and I'm happy I did because now it's back down to three in most shops. And let me tell you, I like to have that hook because why the hell not? And at home, I it, loved, it's hard
0: to find a more valuable hook too.
1: <laughs> I, I I really you're, you're you're damn right there. I loved what the Steelers did last week against the Bengals. Okay, yeah, the Bengals sucked. That's fine. But let me tell you, this Ravens defense, you know, it hasn't been that much better since their week one domination against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they let up 33 points to the Chiefs. Obviously, we know how amazing their offense is. And then they got smacked. To the Browns, letting up forty points, and they still let the Cardinals score seventeen points, which was a competitive game. You know, so maybe this Ravens team was a little overrated after their fifty-nine to ten win against the Dolphins, and now we've seen what they really have become. Since yeah, then, it's they've a
0: tricky team to handicap.
1: I mean, since then they've they've they 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 failed to cover the number in three straight games. Obviously, depending on where you got it, they closed... They, the opening line they covered against the Chiefs. The closing line they did not. So it's interesting, and I, you know, I think the Steelers, the Steelers defense has caused a lot of turnovers this year. They've they've been flying around there, and the game plan they set up for Mason Rudolph with with getting him just easy looks, quick throws, completions, and setting up for the ability to have him take a deep shot down the field every now and then is was uh was a great game plan. And like I said, I know it was at home against the Bengals, but hey. In a rivalry game like this, I don't care. It's Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. I'll take the three and a half at home. That's too much for two teams that I actually don't think are too far apart.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And I I think that you hit the nail on the head when you talked about Baltimore and how they played since that Miami game, which in and of itself was a little bit of an aberration. Uh, Not a team I want to lay points with right now. I mean, last week, uh, you and I, I think both were on the Ravens, and that was a... Woeful performance for them, so uh, it would be the side I would play. I haven't gotten there yet with the Steelers. I may still pass just because it's it's the AFC North. It's the Ravens coming off of a bad loss. Have to think Harbaugh's got the team ready to play a little bit more. But uh, no interest in laying over a field goal with Baltimore right now. It, it really, in almost any spot. Uh, let's keep things moving and go to the late afternoon slate. Uh, oh, you're right. You do have one more play in the early afternoon. Uh, FedEx Field, the uh laughable Washington. I have two more. Kids. I have two more at the one
1: o'clock slate. I'll run through them quickly because these are both two winners, Greg. You, I'm laughing because you really don't have to think too much about it. Let me tell you, Greg. If there was an Ohio State of the NFL, it's the New England Patriots right now. I mean, am I am I am <laughs> I wrong, am I re-
0: line against uh, Buffalo last week? Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I don't know. I mean, that first half line might be a pickem if Ohio State was playing the Patriots. I don't know. Now, obviously, you know. Before everyone starts crying, clearly, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But we know how good the Patriots are in the first half. They're covered the first half four out of four games. You know, I mean, what is there to say about them? I'm not in cover full game last week because I had Buffalo. <laughs> Greg, I need, I, want, I, need, I need everyone
0: else to hear that you're reading off the schedule to me. I want, I want to know, who, have the, who has the Patriots play played this year? Week one at uh, home against Pittsburgh, week two at Miami, Week three, who would they play? Oh, uh, the Jets. and then week four, they were at Buffalo. Cool. So so your rebuttal to me is not the best schedule.
1: Sure. I'll buy that. But the Redskins suck. Right? Like, I can't even be nice. I can't even sugarcoat it. So if the Patriots have covered the first half against four other shitty teams, why won't they cover the first half against the fifth shitty team that they play? Now, if this was Oh, good. Okay, and I'm sorry, uh, to take shitty back, you know, I know I understand the Bills were 3-0 when they played, but let's be real, I do not think the Bills were a 3-0 team at that point. We knew who they played. They played the Jets and an Eli Manning Giants team, you know, so we know we know the Bills deal. Anyway, this is the New England Patriots. They are they are the cream of the crop when it comes to NFL. Just as I say in Ohio, with Ohio State, they get in and they get out. This total is low for a reason. The Patriots are going to win this game. It's pretty much just a matter of, okay, when do the Patriots just decide to keep handing the ball off? You know, or when are they up three scores? Or when is the game actually over? The Redskins don't want to play this game. The Patriots don't want to play this game. Gruden is already on the hot seat. He's close to being fired. Dwayne Haskins, let me tell you, half the organization didn't even want to pick him at 15th overall. They did, and now they're four-starting him. He doesn't have many skilled players around him. They're missing their all-pro left tackle. The Redskins are an absolute mess. Not only are they an absolute mess, oh, yeah, they're 0-4. Hello, Miami Dolphins. We have competition for the number one overall pick, don't we? Two so,
0: next week in South Beach. Redskins exactly.
1: So the Redskins are going to come out, and they're going to look pathetic, like we've seen. The Patriots are going to win. I got in at eight and a half. I don't see why there's any reason the Patriots shouldn't be up ten plus points and cover this first half. This is a two unit play for me. That's an okay. easy winner, Greg. Now let me get you to my other two unit easy winner. By the way, the Steelers been a two, the two unit play for me as well. So I'm going over all my bigger plays, starting, start, uh, past the Falcons. These are all, these are all, uh, elevated plays for me. And we know obviously I had the Seahawks as a max last night. So, Take me to New York, Greg, or or uh, I guess, uh, I'm sorry, you know, North, the, Jersey, North, about, North <laughs> Jersey, I'm sorry, North Jersey, the New York football Giants, and I'm on my team, or I guess I should say my quote-unquote team, you know, because you know, being an Eagles fan, but the Giants, obviously, I've spoken highly of.
0: feeling good about that over five and a half wins.
1: I'm feeling great over that five and a half wins, and let me tell you, Greg, I'm going to feel better after the three and two after this week. That's right. The New York football Giants will pull the upset at home against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, let me tell you, I did play him on the spread because I'm a little pussy. I'll tell you that. But I will sprinkle in the money line most likely come Sunday for sure. Craig, forget the New York Giants and Danny Dimes. I understand he threw two picks last week, but, I mean, they, they had the game sealed away. There's just a new aroma around their team right now, like a new energy with 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 sure. with, with uh, Daniel Jones' quarterback. And let me tell you. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but they, I think they think like that they can actually like, like maybe win a division or like make the playoffs. Like I said, I don't know why because obviously we can agree the Cowboys and Eagles are way better than them.
0: But here we are, they're always just certainly making a nice early case for offensive rookie of the year. I mean, hey, but here we are, like, and there you go, here we are, you
1: know, the New York football giants are one game back of, uh, first place in the division. So, you know, for like I said, I I, I think they're still so crazy up there, but they do think they have a shot. And can we talk about what the hell is going on in Minnesota right now? I mean, Kirk Cousins is pathetic, pathetic, Greg. He is so bad. His wide receivers are demanding trades. Stephon Diggs demanding trades. Adam Thielen on his post game interviews, yeah, he not just happy, pretty not much PG. taking shots and sad. It's like, it's like. These are. This is arguably one of the best combos at wideout we have in the league. Oh yeah. Do you know the guy they have at running back, Dalvin Cook? So take these three skill players, Greg. Try and find me another team that has three other good, three other skill players comparable to this. I'm
0: serious. Is there a team that you can think of? Kansas City's got Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, but they don't have the running back. Like I, I, I might have to agree with that. Like those two receivers and Cook, like. If I'm taking a well, group, here. I think know, we can like agree. Back. I think we can talk, right?
1: You know, other teams they got two, but do they got three? You know, we got Dallas, they got Cooper and Zeke. We got the Saints, they have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. But does anyone have a running back wide receiver combo with the second wide
0: receiver. Obviously, last year, we yeah, saw I mean, it with the Chiefs. I Dallas, In by the end of the year, I think we might look at Michael Gallup as that second receiver, but it's still too early to say that now. I mean, yeah, I, come on. The thing is...
1: Thielen and Diggs are damn good, dude, and let me tell you, they would be much better if they had just about any of the other 30 starting quarterbacks in the, the, I mean, Tim Kaepernick, I don't know what he's been doing, but put him out there, he might be better than Kirk Cousins at this point, those guys are that good when they had the ball in their hands, but when you can't get them the ball in their hands, Greg, it really just is a problem, and not only is it a problem for the Minnesota Vikings record, but it's causing problems in their locker room, so... This was an easy play for me. Give me the Giants plus five for a two-unit play. Like I said, come Sunday, I'll probably sprinkle some on the money line. I think the Vikings are in big trouble, and I really like the direction the Giants are going. Um, back-to-back road games as well for the Vikings, not a, not an easy task ever.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to take a different angle to this game, and I'm going to look at the under, and I'm also – I haven't yet, and and I think probably – I'm not sure, early on I thought Giants team total under would be a good play, because I do think Daniel Jones is going to be humbled a little bit by one of the better defenses in the National Football League. But the more you talk about Kirk Cousins, and listen, you can't lay points with him, like, that's just like a thing that I don't want to do. And so, if I don't want to lay points with them, then I really don't think the Vikings are going to score that much. I think a lot of times when the Vikings are going well offensively, they're going through Dalvin Cook and just powering on the ground, uh, which would lend itself to not as many points. I know it was Washington last week, but the Giants defense, uh, I think is going to come in with a little bit more confidence. So I lean towards the under here. The only reason I'm not with you on the Giants plus five is like I said, I, I think Daniel Jones has his worst game so far. I'm just not sure if, uh, you know, maybe they could still cover an ugly game, but that's why my better play at least with this game would be going under the total. I don't hate it, Greg. I really don't. Let's go to the late afternoon slate to wrap things up uh, and we'll might as well throw in Sunday night and I have a Monday night max play uh, that I'll be looking at, but let's first start. Uh, first off, we might as well just address it because it's the biggest game on the Sunday card. Uh, not yet, at least, do either one of us have a play in Green Bay at Dallas.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't have a play um, for Green Bay at Dallas yet. I, I, I might come so, game time.
0: Adams, It looks like he's not going to play, but, you know, kind of. That's I mean, a it's, it's, to- it's, a,
1: it's, a, it's a great game. It's two uh, great teams in the NFC. Uh, you know, we saw what happened when the Packers met the the cat uh, excuse me the Eagles last week um and we saw what happened so both these teams are coming off of losses within the NFC and this game is really going to turn these team season in two different directions right these two teams two weeks ago we were talking about are these two of the top five teams in the NFL sitting at three and zero and now here we are Greg after this game one of them is going to be three and two and on a two game losing streak and so it's going to get real interesting you know fortunately. For the Cowboys, they go uh, to to and they play the Jets the following week. So that should be an easy win for them. But the Packers then come home and they play the Lions on Monday Night Football. Now, typically, we know Rodgers and the Packers' success at home, specifically against the Lions. But let me tell you, this is a different Lions team and a different Mass Stafford team. I think this is an important game for the Packers to get back on track. Otherwise, when they come home that Monday Night game, that's damn near a must win. And if they lose that game and they go from 3-0 and to 3-3, and well... Aaron Rodgers, my man, you, you are going to be getting some of the blame. And if you don't, you should, because now it's going to be a you problem. Because at a certain point, when can you stop blaming the coaching, Greg? I mean, come on. You're an MVP, sure. a former MVP of the league, former Super Bowl champion, a quote-unquote most talented quarterback in the NFL. I think obviously now undisputed Patrick Mahomes is better, I'll go on record saying that. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, you got to win some football games. So there's a lot of pressure on him to go out and win this game. A lot of pressure on Dak, too, after Dak starting 3-0 and against three, quote-unquote, uh, poor teams, teams with losing records, and then losing at home to Saints, backup quarterback. You know, the Superdome is a tough place to play, but Dak Prescott did not look good. Uh So this is a big game for both teams. One team will be going in the opposite direction of the other after this one.
0: But I am going to go for a play at least, and I'm not sure if you have anything here, Matt, but I like... In the AFC West battle, the first time we'll see Melvin Gordon uh, for the Chargers. I like the Broncos, plus the six and a half against the Chargers. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a Denver team that's been a little snake bitten, a couple of hard luck losses against Chicago on a, you know, ridiculous roughing the passer call, and then last week they let one get away. Also, some questionable flags late in that game against Jacksonville. Feel like we say questionable flag almost every week with almost every game. Uh But they hung in at Lambeau, nearly covered that number, which was over a touchdown. I know they're 0-4, but I think that this is a Denver team that is still going to play hard for its first-year head coach. And... I think it's a Chargers team that is still a little overvalued with a lot of injuries still, even though they get Melvin Gordon back from the holdout. We'll see if Mike Williams plays in this game. Russell Okung, you know, uh, Derwin James still out. And uh, interesting little trend here. Teams, the week after they play the Dolphins so far this year, are 0-3 against the spread. So what does that tell me? Well, a lot of cases, you go the following week and – it's a big step up, right? Like you, you go from playing the dolphins, which is this easy roll right over, roll out of bed, win the game. And and I know that Denver isn't great, but I expect them to play hard. I expect this to be a hard fought AFC West game. And I'm not sure that that intensity is going to be anything like what the intensity that Miami showed last week against the chargers. So I will take Denver plus the six and a half.
1: Craig, I, I mean, I don't hate it. But this is just a sh- this is just a shitty game. I mean, the Chargers haven't looked that great. They're banged up. I saw a tweet earlier. Literally, the Chargers injury the injury report could be a starting NFL team. It's actually ridiculous. <laughs> they could be their their injury report team could beat any of the four zero and four teams. I mean, I, I promise you that. Um, but let me tell you, my play here is, you know, I think the Chargers are a really good spot in a teaser and. Let me give you a little education on the teasers, if you don't know. Teasers are great when you can have a home team like this, six and a half, six six-and-a-half, seven-point favorites, and you're teasing them down to pretty much just a pick them a minus-half, minus-one at home. That's great. And then another angle is to take a, road, a small road favorite and push them up above a touchdown. So it's tough this week with the board. But if I were to play this game, I would look to tease down the Chargers. I would also look to tease down the Kansas City Chiefs as a little combo there. That takes their 11, if you take that down, 7 points. You know, that gives you just got a win on the Chargers, and that gives you a minus 4 on the Chiefs. The Chiefs have covered a 6-point teaser, 19 out of 21 of Patrick Mahomes' games that he's played in Arrowhead Stadium. So I'm feeling very confident about that on prime time under the lights i mean you know i like the colts but hey it's patrick mahomes and the chiefs i mean they they're going to they're going to win that game and having them minus 4 after the chargers win outright is great i will be rooting for a chargers
0: outright victory by 3 points so you get your cover and i hope i get another cover here because i'm going a little bit bigger on monday night football to wrap up the nfl week 5 slate Give me the San Francisco 49ers minus the field goal and the hook against the Cleveland Browns. I love this spot for San Francisco, Matt. What's everybody saying about the Niners? I've been a believer since day one. I took them over eight and a half wins at plus money. But there's still a lot of people around the Niners. Oh, they played Tampa Bay. They played Cincinnati. They played Pittsburgh without Big Ben. So then all they did was win those three games and cover two of them. And then they go into their bye week. Uh, so now they come out of the bye on Monday Night Football. So a chance to really show the nation, hey, we're for real. We can make the playoffs, which I think they absolutely can. Uh, and I love Kyle Shanahan. I think this is a coach that probably got a lot of buzz when he was hired. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons who went to the Super Bowl. And then for one reason or another, no reasons that really made sense, people got off because. He didn't have his quarterback last year. Jimmy G got hurt, and, you know, they had the new GM come in, John Lynch, and now they build up the roster a little bit more. I really like their front seven. Uh, so I think the Niners are, you know, a team, like I said, I bet them over their win total, eight and a half, and I love them in this spot to come out and really – make a statement to America on Monday Night Football out of their bye week. Then you look at Cleveland. The last couple of weeks, Cleveland, uh, they got their, I know it was the Jets, but they got their first Monday Night Football win in God knows how long. Uh, then they played the defending NFC champion Rams in a big primetime game. Did not play that well. Freddie Kitchens called it a horrible game. They lost that game. Then they had a very impressive win last week against the Ravens, but that's a big divisional game. So you have all these big, high-motivation spots and now you're playing a non-conference opponent. I think they could be a little flat out of the gate here. And I think the Niners are going to be fired up to come out and really put the pedal to the metal in the first quarter, first half. I'm going to play them minus three and a half for the full game on the max. Uh, and I think the Browns is going to be Jekyll and Hyde all year. Up, down, up, down. And they were up last week. I expect them to be down this week. And I really like the Niners. San Francisco, minus three and a half for a max.
1: Craig, real interesting note about this game. So this game takes place Monday night. You know who both of these teams play the following week? So a little look ahead right here.
0: San Francisco plays the Rams. Who does Cleveland play?
1: So take a guess. The Browns actually play the Seahawks. So both of these teams will be entering week six off of a Monday night game. So a short week for them. Uh, A short week, obviously, one, you know, less day. But, hey, they all matter against two teams that will be having a long break, you know, because they play Thursday, so they'll have sure. the, the extra attitudes. So that will just be an interesting note for Week 6. And obviously they flip, so the Browns are on the road here Monday night, and then they come home against the Seahawks, and the Niners are at home here against the Browns, and then they go on the road against the Rams. And, you know, so it's just going to be interesting to note for, for Week 6, you know, based off what we saw last night, and, and then what we see on Monday, the outcome – of this Browns and Raiders game, but I do lean with you, Greg. Here, I don't have official play on this yet. It's a little too far out there for me. I will on Monday after I absolutely crush my Saturday and Sunday slate. But I do lean Niners coming off the bye here. Um, they're they're you know they're home on prime time. They they didn't travel the past two weeks. That's an interesting note because they played two weeks ago at home against the Steelers. And the Browns have had some interesting travel, right? I mean, they were at home against the Rams and then they, you know, they traveled to Baltimore for a tough game. So now they're coming across country. Yes, I know they have the extra day, but they're still coming across country with a time change where the Niners are rested. Now I don't think fatigue plays much of a factor with the week four bye. I actually think that's a slight disadvantage. Later in the year it'll be interesting to see if the Niners show more fatigue. You know, obviously, again, uh, rather than the teams who have a week 8, 9, 10 bye. Um, but, with that being said, at home, on Monday Night Football, I, I do think both of these defenses are for real. So, my early lean is definitely towards the under and the Niners. Um, and I hope, come Monday night, I am on the Niners with you. Because I really don't want to get the best of you uh, three out of three games on this cop. I really
0: don't. Oh, okay, well... Unfortunately, we couldn't discuss it because it's a Thursday game when I got you with the Eagles last week uh against the Packers. But I, hey,
1: I, I'll give you that one, Greg. No. You can you can brag about that. You
0: didn't bring it up. That's that's not my problem. Well,
1: because we record we release on Friday. It was a Thursday game. I mean, so hey, you know, I mean, I
0: guess there's just something about
1: it when we disagree on the pod, I got it when we disagree on the Twitter that's you. But hey, the airways hear what I speak, so we'll see. All right.
0: Well, let's see what the Michigan Wolverines have to
1: say about that on Saturday afternoon. Matt. Good luck, buddy. I, I really hope we're both come out winners all yeah. week long. And, you know, I, when I say hope, I know for a fact we're going to come out winners.
0: And you know what? I'll give it to you. We can go one and one on college football against each other. <laughs> I, I'll be happy yeah. with that. That sounds good. Matt, always a pleasure. Hey, we're back on Tuesday now because as we as we just went through, there's a lot to unpack in the sports scene in october so we will talk to you all again on tuesday hopefully after a very nice weekend of football wagering everyone enjoy your weekend we hope we helped you with some investments and please play responsibly sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history